welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. You're not going to labor, are you? <laughs> Honestly, my phone rings now and I panic any, any time now. It's like, oh, shit. Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, and I don't even know what episode we're up to, actually. Ed? Eight, I think. Eight. Wow. Episode eight. I wonder if we're still in the charts. Top. Top. Top of the charts, yeah. We will be soon, without a doubt. <laughs> so, come on, one at a time, introduce yourself. Introduce ourselves? Who am I pointing at? Who's here? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> we start us again. <laughs> What's wrong with this? This is quite funny. Oh, oh it's fine. What, what, what? They know who we are. Yeah, but we've, I just, we've got Tuna Boy, Cardio Johnny. Oh, you want to say hello? Yeah. We don't have to. No, just saying they may not be watching. So if they're not watching, they don't know who's here. So, right, gotcha. Exactly. Everybody's right. here. Everybody's here. It's the first time, probably since the first episode, that everybody's here. I think. Paul, she hasn't overslept. Or once. Johnny isn't yeah, climbing a mountain. I climbed again this morning. I was, I was about to say, the, uh, my fitness pal entry of 17,000 calories would say otherwise. He was obviously up there this morning. Six o'clock this morning, three and a half hours in. Yeah. Ouch. Ouch. How many steps? Today? Mm. Uh, 23,000. All of them uphill. Well, half of them uphill. 3,000 feet elevation. <laughs> and then I trained later on. Impressive, mate. Yeah, meanwhile, I moved two sleepers in the garden and I'm fucked. I went to go. a fish food festival. It was pretty cool. In Wales. Um, <laughs> oh, look at Paul getting excited. Paul was like, tuna? Did you I get had... any like, tuna handouts? No, there was no tuna. The princes wasn't there like giving out free tins. So you is that what you call it, Paul? <laughs> what? Is, that what you, is that what you call it? Tuna handouts? <laughs> <laughs> I can say it's a good job for the viewers that Paul's um, bottom, the horizon of his camera is just above waist level. It is. <laughs> <laughs> He's got no trousers on, has he? I do. I, no, I don't have shorts on. He's got shorts. Oh, get that. Oh, right, sure. let's start. So today we wanted to talk about nutrition for recreational sports. So I guess it was, um, uh, we were motivated for this by Scott Seeley. So big shout out to Scott. Uh, he's also posted or reposted our uh, podcasting a couple of times was cool get it get the word out get the message out so it'd be cool for more people to listen so hello roscoe there is a cat in the screen for those not watching the youtube version um so yeah so we're just going to talk about um i suppose how you should be dealing with your, or partaking in nutritional are you feeding your cat beer now mate <laughs> you're on mute no one can you're hear on you mute. Oh, classic <laughs> fail Ed, edit that bit out yes you were feeding your cat beer really let's hope the uh, RSPCA doesn't watch or listen to our podcast <laughs> please <laughs> and let alone the uh, let alone anyone else Mate, sorry you've got to get your mum you've, you've got to get your mum to listen 
she doesn't really understand Apple, but yeah, we'll try and. I asked my dad to download it and review it. Still hasn't. Yeah. Standard. I know. <laughs> right. So we're going to talk about, um, yeah, obviously the, your nutritional approach or protocol for certain activities. So things like what your general gym go in, up to your park runs or your kind of 10K runs, longer distance cycling, team sports. And then maybe some of the more kind of endurance style stuff. So just kind of give a flavor for what everybody uh, should be doing. So, um, Paul, I'm going to pick on you, mate. So if you want to maybe just kind of give a little rundown of maybe what what you do for the gym, um, any foibles you've had before, um, maybe talk through some of those. And let's just see where we go. Cool. Um, Well, that's disappeared. Uh, my sort of pre-rituals to the gym have now have changed quite a bit, actually, I'd imagine. Especially when I first started out in trying to lose weight and dieting. And I would definitely not bother fueling any workouts. And I would definitely find myself struggling hard halfway through. And then just thinking, ah. I'm probably not fit or fit enough, basically. Um, I probably uh, did that through football as well, actually, during my time of... And I did play football many moons ago, especially like on a uh, sort of Sunday morning. Um, Whereas now, after obviously studying a little bit and sort of having coaching here and there, realising how important it is to try and get some fuel into you prior to working out, is going to make everything a whole lot more fun and just keep you going really and it's going to allow you obviously to progress in various things in your lifts and everything and if you're somebody goes to the gym does cardio if you don't fuel it before and you go and try and whack out a hit session you're going to struggle halfway through i'd imagine i'm not saying go and eat a massive meal beforehand just have, just give yourself some fuel so how, how did you specifically feel about, or how did you specifically feel when you didn't eat before you trained them before? So just kind of describe your state. Definitely feel sort of shaky. We always begin with kind of getting shaky, sort of um, nauseous as well. If you were, especially in some of the sort of, if you were going for sort of in the gym, heavier lifts or <clears throat> especially around things like, leg day would always really be the, probably the sort of highlighted day when you I would feel worse because obviously um, when you exercise on your leg it's more of a, a mass of muscle and sort of and sort of other exercises and I'd always definitely struggle and become lightheaded, feel a bit sick, have to get a, bit, a little bit of a hot flush, go in the toilet, splash a bit of water on your face for a bit breathe into the sink <laughs> did you notice like a dramatic difference then when you or how you or actually yeah. no, describe, describe how you then change your approach so what did you actually do and then um so then that? i sort of actually because it probably coincided with coming off one plan which was very i won't say bro just very un sort of cookie cookie cutter type chicken broccoli blah 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 uh very 
lacking in any carbs or anything like that. Um, then once I sort of implementing, sort of if I knew I was training that, say, 11, probably when I got up, I'd make sure I had a decent amount of protein and probably in, in, normally in some oats or something like that. And then even just before the, the gym, just a handful of sort of, there I say sort of like Haribo or stuff like that, kind of just something quite quick, a fast acting source of sort of. So, ah, okay. Carbs so you had like, sort of, you had like intra, intra workout carbs as well. Still pre, yeah, just oh, sort of pull up, yeah, sort of. Um, and yeah, it did have quite a noticeably dramatic effect of um, sort of endure, adding a bit of endurance to how I was feeling, but also I feel sort of after that sort of feeling you have after the gym was a lot, a lot better. The recovery became a lot quicker as well. Mm. Ed, so what was your approach? Um, so I know a couple of years ago before I started taking the nutrition a little bit more seriously, uh, I was pretty much the same as Paul, didn't really fuel my workouts. I tried a backloading approach as well, so I wouldn't eat really many or any carbs until after the gym. And it was no wonder, like, I had no intensity, I had no kind of um, kind of drive or want to even want to, like, lift anything heavy. Uh, so I was just going through the motions of being there, and then I was, like, glazed and stuff, like, through most of the session. I started eating a few more carbs before going to the gym, felt a bit better, um, stopped listening uh, to the person I was listening to at the time, and got some more advice from uh, people who know what they were talking about. Uh, now what I do and what I've done for probably the last 12 months is I try and get about a hundred grams of carbs in, in the pre kind of workout meal, uh, somewhere around that. And that's the same, whether I'm going to the gym, whether I'm playing hockey, um, I, I always try and get about around about a hundred grams, something like that, about two hours before, um, varies obviously like with work and stuff like that, but about two hours before. And I find that makes me sort of have plenty of energy for the whole session um, and, and that sort of thing. So it's kind of where I am at the moment. Uh, I keep the fats relatively low. I try and keep the fiber low as well. Um, and uh, yeah, keep the protein relatively moderate. What I am doing though is this coming week, I'm doing a little experiment on myself. So um, on my training days, I'm having slightly more calories uh, and on my kind of like rest days I'm having more of like a maintenance level of calories and basically just smashing all the carbs in and around my workout kind of window just seeing if it affects my training at all seeing if it affects my recovery if it gives me a bit more energy in the gym then fantastic um so yeah just having basically like probably about 150 grams of carbs pre uh training around about 50 during the training session and then uh, again about 100 150 after training um so yeah, just see if it does anything. Um, and if it does, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, yeah. No harm. We're trying, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's a cool little experiment. You just you said about keeping fiber and fats low, mm -hmm. um, and obviously a moderate amount of protein. Maybe tell me why. Um, just because of the utilization of them, really, more so than anything. Obviously, you, you, you've got, you want your protein in there for your protein service, uh, protein service, protein serving, uh, so you can spike your muscle protein synthesis and uh, sort of protect muscle, I suppose, a lot of people call it, during the session. So you want to have some protein before you, before you exercise and before you go to the gym. Um, fiber a bit lower, just because that 
those carbs that are fiber basically aren't used really as energy um that's used for kind of more intestinal and gut things um so if you are having like 20 grams of fiber in a meal then that's 20 grams of carbs that your body is not really going to be using for energy in kind of the most simple form of putting it um yeah. and fats again uh if you've got a lot of carbs in the meal then the fats are just kind of going to be pushed to one side uh until you've utilized those carbs and then the fats might be utilized so uh they're kind of just a bit redundant eat them elsewhere um so that's why i, mean, I don't go like zero fat or anything like that i just keep it a bit lower so i can have a few more carbs around working out and uh utilize those instead no, I just think it's cool for the people listening to know why why you're doing it because obviously what you don't, I suppose, for exactly what you just said, you don't want someone to go loading up on all brand prior to the gym and thinking, oh, I'm not really gonna, you know, I'm not really feeling this energy burst. I'm supposed to be feeling what's going on and not understanding the reasons why. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, what's your approach then, Matthew? Well, <laughs> I think we were very talking very gym specific for the previous two examples. So I will cover a bit of you know because I'm involved in cycling. Um, somewhat and obviously it used to be involved in skiing heavily um, so you can kind of talk about some of those things might transfer across but in terms of gym uh, maybe the total opposite of what Paul was saying I used to compensate or eat loads because I thought I had earned it in the gym which is actually a common mistake I see people make so you know I'd smash a legs workout smash uh, air quotes there on a Friday um, and that would clearly earn me the right to a dominoes because, you know, post-workout energy expenditure at the time I thought would probably offset that. Um, years of gaining weight post that probably explained, you know, that doesn't really weigh out. Um, so these days, like, my gym approach is fairly simple, like, similar thread. Um, I probably don't focus as much on the specifics as he does because I get caught up in sometimes I get caught up in trying to make things too perfect and then if I fail those things then I get frustrated and kind of go off track so I've really dialed my nutrition back I kind of went from the bro stage to kind of really specific stuff um pre and post workout to now just you know trying to get a meal in that contains some protein before or if I don't do that get a meal in afterwards that can contain some protein um you know within three hours either side of it I'm not you know, not looking for perfect, I'm just looking for consistent. Um, and pre-workout these days is just coffee for me, really, like maybe some um, caffeine as well. Um, so, yeah, try and keep it really, really simple. Uh, nothing special for gym. And when it comes to, like, the cycling side of stuff um, or the skiing, no, it's just a bit more understanding that you do need to get the food in. So, like, if you're cycling for six, seven hours a day, avoiding carbohydrates is probably not a good option um you know keto has blown up and people are trying to use that endurance sports it doesn't really transfer that well um but people will cycle for like four or five hours just on water or stuff like that when really you know first hour 90 minutes in you need to really replenish some carbohydrate from somewhere um so i tend to do that with food um a mixture of bars or you know, if it's right in France, some croissants, something like that, which is obviously a lot more fat um, than that, but it's just nice to have that and just intra-workout carb, uh, intra carbs in the form of powders and gels just to keep me fueled. So, yeah, that's kind of my my approach. Obviously, when we're working with the cycling team, you try and take it a bit more specific per rider. Um, but, again, even that is getting 
you know, there's there's always like the optimum thing you can do, and then there's the one that they will stick to and actually do. So like, rather than try and do optimal all the time, I try and just you know get something that they can be stuck to and then work towards optimum. If that makes sense. So yeah, that's kind of my my take on nutrition for sports. Um, I don't know if you can count gym as sports. I think you, you guys have, but yeah, it certainly differs for what you're doing. I think if you're doing long endurance exercise, then it does become a bit more important. Um, not so much if you're only going down and doing a, a hit class or a, a body pump class or something like that. But yeah. I think just kind makes... of on that though, kind of what Matt was saying, I think a lot of people do overestimate how many calories you would utilize in, in, in a workout. Um, like you see it all the time and I made a joke on social media about it the other week and kind of uh, had a few people tell me off for being mean but um, people generally think you burn like a thousand calories in a 20 minute like walk uphill on a treadmill or doing like an hour's yeah. worth of weights like you're literally burning like maybe 200 calories doing an hour of weights <laughs> it's not much at all uh, yeah, yeah I think I see that a lot actually with like you know Right, name it, but some of the plans that are quite widely sold. It's all hit work, hit again, air quotes, right? Hit workouts. They're not really high intensity interval training. They're just circuits, circuits, basically. Yeah. Um, so they're not really truly high intensity training anyway. Which no, uh, which would burn most people out. So first of all, it's not really hit, and um, kind of secondly, just the way they're sold is that they burn a ton of calories post that session. When really, you know, you're sometimes better off if you have the time going for a, a long walk than trying to do one of those sessions and burning out for the rest of the day. Slight tangent, but useful. Yeah, you hear yeah. about that a lot of the time, especially with with the hit stuff. Oh, epoch—that's what they call it. Yeah, you, you're you're still burning fat after the workout. That's that's the way people put it. Um, and when they compared it for a little bit of science, when they compared it against uh, more of a steady uh, like walk on a treadmill or something, which expended the same amount of calories, which took longer, but it burnt the same amount of calories. And the after effect of the training was about four calories. But because it was four calories more than the uh, the, the steady state, uh, they said, oh, it increases fat burning after the exercise by 400%. Yeah, but what is 400%? <laughs> um, yeah, so that's just something to be very, very aware of. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's massively overstated, isn't it? Yeah, I think people think, you know, I, and again, I'm in some groups I probably shouldn't be in on Facebook, but I see like, you know, I've done 45 minutes in the gym doing a, a quote-unquote hit session, like how, what should I do to refuel for that? Actually, probably nothing. You've gone to the gym for 45 minutes, you've got minimal calories. You know, it, gym should be used in support of your nutrition, not as like a, to create a deficit almost. In some cases it can be, but... Um, you know, you don't necessarily need to refuel. You just need to have the same meals you would have and maybe move the timings around if you are struggling or you haven't had a, you know, again, going back to trying to be optimal, if you haven't had a protein serving within X amount of time of your side of your gym session, then yes, essentially maybe moving that meal a bit closer to post or pre would help. But you certainly don't need any more calories um, if your goal is fat loss, quote, unquote, weight loss. Right. I mean, there's there's a certain aspect of calories and stuff required for recovery but let's be honest if your goal is fat loss you need to be focusing on creating that calorie deficit i mean you can't afford 
to eat more to recover if it's going to take you up a calorie deficit because that's going against your number one goal, which is obviously what a lot of people do do. I mean, obviously, that's, I suppose, the point we're trying to make, isn't it? That people overcompensate for the exercise they're doing, end up eating more, getting rid of any type of calorie deficit, and are actually kind of then completely moving themselves away from their goal because they think they're doing the right thing because they've earned that dominoes, as you put it. Or Yeah, and I, the, the other thing that I find people make a mistake on is, uh, not a mistake, but like don't really account for it is, uh, isn't actually so much these days, but when I first started working out, I even did this, was like having a Lucas Ace full in your gym session and not appreciating that it was like 130 odd might be roundabout i can't remember but 130 odd calories that you you don't need right yeah i, I may i can relate to that when i used to play um i'm not gonna say well i was gonna say competitive uh 11 side football it was competitive but it wasn't obviously like semi-pro or pro or anything obviously but i used to go my pre-workout uh or my pre-workout my pre like um football nutrition was a boost chocolate bar um, I'd then probably have like a pasty and then I'd have one Lucasade before I started and one bottle of Lucasade at half time. And obviously you think, what's that? I mean, it's probably, well, a thousand calories plus probably just about. And I was thinking, how many calories could I really burn in 90 minutes on a football pitch like that? I probably like didn't even burn the amount I was eating. And I thought like, and obviously that then you do the same thing. I get to the end of the game, you go in the pub, everyone's having beer and everyone's having obviously whatever food to put on. And you always think, I don't know why I'm not losing weight because obviously I'm kind of working really hard here and it's just surprising how much fuel you kind of think you deserve when you actually, you don't just yeah. put it. Yeah. Yeah, so like me when I used to play five side pre breaking my leg and realizing it's an utterly ridiculous sport. Um, it's, you know, like I used to take drink Red Bulls because I thought I needed the caffeine and energy from the sugar and whatever else. But really it's, you don't need it like unless you're doing really long endurance like that much that many calories into workout is probably not necessary so yeah i think we've all made that same mistake um probably not eating enough and eating too- i need to fuel this podcast with a white chocolate reese's cup that looks delicious i thought that was a massive prawn cracker for the audience that's very very good mm. anyway cool um so we so obviously johnny do you want to talk about so we've kind of moved on to a little bit of kind of the more endurance style stuff so maybe some of the listeners that likes endurance so maybe likes running like cycling things like you know really ever popular things like tough mudder and all the kind of group organized events maybe talk about any experiences you have with those what recommendations you make stories about cycling they do a velathon local to me every year it's a 90 mile bike ride. So me being me, they said, said my mate said, do you want to do it? I said, yeah, but I'm not going to train for it because I ain't got time. So <clears throat> didn't eat before the race. I only took two bottles. One was just water. One was a little, a little bit of carbs, maybe 20 grams. And this will probably show the importance of intra-workout intra fueling if you're doing high-intensity running, cycling, basically like, like sort of triathlon sort of disciplines 60 miles in on top of a mountain i was curled up in a ball and i couldn't move because i had cramp in my calf my hamstring my hip flexors and i was lucky a nice curly headed man came and fed me glucose tablets on top of the mountain 
to give me that little bit of extra energy. And I never really, because I'm used to training, obviously weights and stuff, I never really appreciated how much you need intra workout fuel on that sort of race. Literally, I had the glucose tablets, and in five minutes, I was back on it and back to it. So for the start, if you're doing things like Tough Mudder, is that like 10 miles or something? I know it's a bit on and off. 12. It's probably not so bad. But if you're doing like constant cycling of 50, 60, 80 miles, 100 miles, then you're definitely going to need intra-workout uh, nutrition of obviously mostly carbohydrates. Um, <clears throat> you're not going to need Tour de France level amounts of carbs, which is... I've seen people do this on a race. They were just shoveling gels, bang like there's no tomorrow. And they've gone about three miles an hour. But you need to plan out your nutrition. But if you want some sort of number to go off, and if you look at things like extreme commitment, is probably a good way to look at it in terms of the high intensity excess of four or five hours in a day. So if you're doing like a 90 mile race, it's probably going to take you that long unless you're a Tour de France rider. So you're probably looking at somewhere like eight grams of carbs per kilo of body weight. So imagine you're a 100 kilo man, then if you're cycling for eight hours, then that's a lot of, that's a lot of carbohydrates in it over the day. But then you also got to think of things like practicing these things before you do these races. Don't just go into a race, go, yeah, just start shoveling loads of loads of carbs back. You probably end up shitting yourself on the side of the road. <laughs> probably. So that you need to practice these things first. And intra-workout is definitely something you need to address in these sort of things. And you can even break it down to like pre-event fueling. So <clears throat> before exercise, so maybe an hour before, maybe like something like one to four grams a kilo of body weight and then doing exercise is probably if you're looking for poor performance then you take in as much as you can tolerate before you shit yourself obviously i think if you want to get but, geeky on that um i think the literature recommends two to three hundred grams of carbs three to four hours before an endurance event and then roughly the body can absorb a gram per minute of glucose and yeah yeah and then you can absorb a little bit of fructose on top so that's why glucose fructose yeah. mixes are, 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 are good yeah if you want to i think there's data to show in ultra in ultra marathons apparently they, they, you can jack it up to 90 grams an hour i don't know why it changes from ultra I, i'd imagine it wouldn't be in your first hour probably a bit further down no. the yeah. Um, yeah, but that's definitely going to be a glucose fructose mix. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's finishing. Three hours, I think. Yeah. You tend to find most gels, most endurance stuff. I already. Uh, uh, I can't remember the ratio. It's like two to one or something, isn't it? Multiple um, transportable carbohydrates, as it's called, upon, isn't it? The mixture. Yeah. Well, it's, it's to do with the fact that obviously you can only go through the gut lining and obviously the intestinal lining so much rate per hour isn't it so obviously it just sits around and basically uh ferments i suppose which is hence johnny's ever so elo eloquent uh comment of shitting yourself <laughs> doing a polar radcliffe 
Yeah, right, yeah, I think you, you see people do that, right? When they um, take on too many of the gels, like sometimes they don't agree with people. And like, I did Ride 100 last, last year. Yeah, last year. Um, which is the 100 mile ride, ride through London and stuff. It's not a race, but it kind of is. Um, but yeah, people were like having real, real, real gut issues. Like they hadn't used gels before. So, like Johnny's point, make sure you've tried this stuff out. Mm. Um, because they were banging down a ludicrous amount of gels and then like you know the toilets inside the road were being overly used shall we say um, so yeah it's always good to like get a practice in um, before you do the main event nobody, I, I wanna... nobody wants to go for a shit wearing bib shorts because basically the built in <laughs> braces on them <laughs> I, I just want to pick on a point Johnny made around um the difference between i suppose these types of i guess if it's an event it's going to be for performance but obviously you mentioned if if, if it's for performance you want to make sure that you obviously feel if it's not performance it does come back a little bit to i think matthew's point earlier around do you need to worry about so much for fueling because what if you're not worried about performance but you're actual exercising for fat loss right. what's the difference the, the point that i didn't develop and i did i was just doing it not for performance mm. but if i did because I didn't fuel properly, I could not complete it, and I was yeah. in pain. Yeah. Right? Because I didn't fuel, so you need you do need to find that balance of, right. I don't really care about performance. I care about fat loss. But I want to I want to finish the race because imagine you don't finish the race, then you you're obviously reduce the many calories you burn potentially mm. over the race. But then you got to look at the if you're doing things of less than an hour, there's data to suggest that. You just need a carbided mouth rinse, and that's it. And that can potentially improve performance. So what's now we're going to be, I don't know, five k for, for the average runner. I'm guessing. So if you're doing like a five k, seven k, just have a mouth run mouth rinse before you go. So then you've got no calories. You're burning however many you're doing through the five or seven k. You're having a little bit of performance increase from the mouth rinse. So. You're happy days on that sort of thing. Cool. Um, I also want to touch on obviously the point that Scott brought up around because his specific question was around golf. Now, so I thought I'd like to answer this one for him if I can. So obviously we've kind of already talked about gym and that's all the more endurance stuff. Golf's obviously slightly different because I don't know how you I don't know what category you'd put golf in. Uh, whether that's endurance because obviously you can be out walking around for five hours. Yeah. Mm. Edge on me. Really cool at sport. Is it any different than walking around town? I'm not setting golf. I used to play golf. Love playing golf. Um, it's like hockey, but slower. Um, is it any different than walking around town, or you know, walking around doing the shopping? Have you, have you ever been dragged around the shops with your missus for like four or five hours? That's that's golf. <laughs> Yeah, in right? Like, because you're you're probably even expending more energy doing that because you're carrying her bags. You're carrying her bags, right? So, yeah, and and the mental stress, obviously, and the mental stress, and you know, having to sit outside the ladies' changing rooms waiting for them. Like, when you're on like ten percent battery in your phone, wondering what else you can do. So I'd rent, but I mean, like the same with that, right? You just you get hungry, you get thirsty. Just common sense things I think just make sure you stay like hydrated especially if it's hot out like that could be the one thing with golf differs from shopping with your missus uh, yeah, you're outside it's sunny like if you're if you're brizzle you probably need to wear a hat um, 
maybe some sun cream on the fonts. <laughs> yeah, get a plug in for some, some right skincare in there or something. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but that's my take. I'd like to know what, what anyone else has got in a. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I'll be honest. My thought process is around. It is no different. I mean, it's it, it's not exactly a very intense sport, so it is, shouldn't be any different than walking around. What would you do if you were walking around town or the city? Would you just eat and drink um, as you were hungry or thirsty? So my okay. So jumping in with this, I think if you were playing a match and you were doing all eighteen holes in one go, uh, so if like normally you go and you do a round in the morning, a round in the afternoon four five hours max with no food like you do that on most days anyway so what's the difference if you say playing a match and your focus and stuff like that then depended on it then yeah you could maybe look at something like an energy gel or a carbohydrate drinks mix literally like a lucasade take that with you if you do feel a bit like you know your concentration's going a little bit smash one of those back make sure you're drinking plenty of water throughout it as well and you're going to be absolutely fine for the sort of second nine holes um yeah yeah, I think that's the only time really you need to worry about it. No, and no, I agree. I think because obviously his specific question or point was really around concentration and the fact that he only takes a bottle of water. He is out for a good number of hours and obviously he may start to lose focus. Well, I'll be, he answered his own question really. Take some food with you. It doesn't have to be any more difficult than that. Whether it is a gel because that's the easiest thing you can get down or a drink or a protein bar or even just a snack, anything. I don't see why it really makes a lot of difference because you don't need any massive quick um rush of energy you don't need anything like that you're not it's not an intense exercise you should be able to just literally just snack on a bar as you go and good to go and if you're that bothered about focus just take some caffeine tablets or coffee or something because obviously the caffeine is also going to help so we've lost to matthew but he's got to go to bed so uh matthew's worried about his cortisol levels so we need to make sure he's de-stressed and not staying up too late is it the hat? Did the hat put him off? That's all it was. It's a lot of. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Oh, well. Long gone. No. I'm just right. This is a this is a treat for the people watching, not so much for the people listening. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm just gonna kick him out of the call. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he, right. So if you if you just listen to the podcast, just go and watch the YouTube video of this one. Skip through to well, the first half. He sat there, Matt was sat there in a wife beater, drinking Budweiser out of a bottle. <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well you've you've, you've missed you've missed the pizza, so Yeah, yeah, beforehand. Anyway, um cool. I think I think we've have we tackled most of the nutrition for recreational sport. I mean, it's just a, a quick roundup around basically make sure if you're performance, definitely eat before you train. Um, if it's an intense sport, it's going to be a good measure of carbohydrates of some sort. So actually, tell me what what are kind of your best pre-workout foods? Because don't actually give anything kind of applicable. If you're going to go for low fiber, uh, I tend to eat uh, rice. I know it sounds a bit bro, but I tend to eat rice. Um, you know the like the Uncle Ben's packet rices. Um, yeah. I tend to get one of those, but the Sainsbury's version because they're sixty p and not two quid. Um, and one of those with uh, some sort of meat of some description, and that that's tuna? normally not tuna. Normally, no. Um, <laughs> but that that normally does me. That's 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 yeah, that's me. I know it fuels me well. It's about eighty grams of carbs, and then I have a chocolate bar as well. Happy days. 
cool. Any other ideas, people? Give some, because obviously more people don't like rice. Oh, I was going to go with pretty much I will do is what Ed does, but I tend to have sort of, if I make my lunch for work, I'll save possibly a quarter of it for the hour before I know I'm going gym. I just bolt that down normally. I don't have that- many pre-workout drinks because it's, I'm normally, I won't sleep in if I'm taking a pre-workout drink at five o'clock. Just yeah. All the caffeine. Yeah. I am. Um, I to be honest. I tend to go on the sweet side, so I'll often have things like chocolate rice cakes, um, pink wafers. I've started a trend. I don't know if you've noticed, but Instagram all of a sudden pink and white wafers everywhere. Bro, get with the times. So, I was eating them during my just, prep last year. I just thought it tasted like crap, so I stopped eating them. What? Dry and bland. I had one pack and was like half of them went. They are not. They, they are sugary and squidgy and crunchy and all the good things. There is a good thing for you, actually. I've, I've seen, I'll send you a picture of it, Brett. It's from, I think, possibly a little, but it's like an oyster shell. And it's like yeah. a wafer with a yeah. marshmallow, marshmallow in it. You can put the other half ice cream. You can make your own marshmallowy oyster. They are old school. Although, if you're going to have ice cream, I'd probably have to go something like Froyo rather than ice cream because obviously it's too high a fat content for pre workout. Stick that a quarter of a Vinetta in there. <laughs> yeah, could do that. Could do that. No, I just like I, I just very much prefer the sort of sweet and maybe a little bit savoury. So you can always mix it in with some some salty popcorn or some of like that. But I just prefer something a bit sweet before working out. I don't know why. Although I'm not much of a Haribo man. Like obviously I know a lot of people love to chow down on Haribo into a workout, but not for I me. To keep it more simple. I just chuck two scoops away in because sometimes I can't be bothered to cook. I know it's not a particularly good example, being you know, but chuck two scoops away in a bit of milk and fruit and some honey. It's, I find it light and it's okay. Have a mm-hmm. massive cup of coffee from Costa. I'm off my nut, so we're all right. Actually, on that, mate, that's actually I've had some really good sessions, like half an hour after doing like some sort of really sugary latte from Starbucks, like caramel macchiato or something like that. Like, I don't know if it's just anecdotally just, uh, or I don't know if it's just placebo or whether it's just kind of like coincidence, but generally some of the best sessions I've had is where I've just literally done like a full venti, like caramel macchiato with like caramel drizzle over the top and stuff. It's because you've got 50 grams of sugar in there, that's why. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. So I'm thinking actually that's that's a great shout for a good pre-workout. So what do you do best maybe? People think, or maybe this is supposed to be optimal, then you've got to find what works for you, haven't you? Or yeah. something for me is not for you, yeah. you know, potentially. I can't train yeah. on an empty stomach. That's why I won't train in the morning. I've got a friend who sometimes I train with and like we'll train in the morning. When I say early, I mean like 10 o'clock. That's way too early for me. Um, and I can't do it because I just haven't had enough food. Um, I'm hungry. I can't eat a lot in the morning anyway. And I feel like absolute shit. So I just, that's why I yeah. train mid-afternoon or evening. Yeah. On the I, flip side of that, sorry, Brett. Yeah. On the flip side of that, I found when I was doing sort of in the dieting phase and having a lot of cardio to do, I would rather do the cardio. Not saying doing it fasted, it just happened to be I wouldn't tend to eat, but I would be fine ramming out an hour. I only ever did walking on an incline in the on the treadmill. But did you uh, tell, 
did you tell all of Instagram that you did your fasted cardio? I'm not sure I ever used fasted on it. No. Did you do it at 4 a.m.? I was too busy grinding at that point to be. I was setting up a business, becoming an entrepreneur. If uh, if you didn't or fitpreneur, isn't it fitpreneur? Sorry. <laughs> if you didn't do it at 4 a.m., you can't Instagram it anyway because like True. you're not cool enough. So. Hashtag grinded. Do we have a feature this week? Come on, Pock, Cocky P, you have a feature, right? Well, we've still got some questions to ask. Well, that's, yeah, that's what I'm implying. Ah, all right. <laughs> I thought you'd put me on the spot to come up with something brand new. Well, I'm aiming can't... at you then. Oh, great. This should be fun. Um, so my first question, which was actually generally for me, was, so why Brizzle as a name? Ah, Where did okay. that come from? Um, well, it's a really shit story, so I don't even know if it's even worth going into. But basically, probably about a decade ago, if not longer, uh, at a uh, football training session for my Saturday league team, and uh, one of my mates just came out of it out of the blue, just shouted, like, give me the ball, Brizzle. <laughs> and it's literally stuck since then. It's, I know it's really shit, but there we go. <laughs> I don't know, they, well, I, I actually thought it was because maybe you originated from Bristol or you were in living in Bristol till I worked out you're in Norwich. Yeah, no, no. My second question was, what would you class as your biggest win to date in life? Definitely, without a doubt, meeting you four handsome lads. It's got oh, oh. You know, look, it's, it's generated this bromance, this podcast, we're going to be taking over the world. Is Jenna still there? I was definitely. I was hoping you were going to say getting your missus knocked up. I was yeah, going to say, is, is Jenna still in the other room? Because I think <laughs> she, she's probably up, she's probably like upside down. Up, actually, no, that doesn't work. Does it? That's at the start, isn't it? <laughs> she's probably upstairs trying to get out. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's, uh, she's eating pineapple. Yeah. She's eating pineapple, pineapple curry, and pineapple spicy curry. Yeah. Able to become too flexible. Mate, she's packing your bags um, and chucking them out the window. That's what she's doing. Probably. <laughs> Oh, it's due date right. today, so she's probably packing a hospital bag, I hope. No, nah, it's already packed. Right, so the I think you might have answered this actually on your Instagram, but your protein bar top three. Go. Oh shit, yeah, I did. Although it has probably changed, to be honest. Because like, oh, it's one of those things where you try a couple and you think, yeah, they're in my top three. And then you have another one later and you think, oh shit, man, that should have been my top three. I think um, well, this actually just put me on a spot now which ones they were. So wider was my number one. I think they're an Irish company, and you can't ever really get them in the UK, but you can buy them online, get them. They are absolutely fantastic. They are literally a glorified chocolate bar. I'm not going to lie. Like, they're not the most macro-friendly of bars. Very high-fat content. So, like, I can't remember, like, 12, 13 grams of fat or something. Only, like, 20 grams of protein or something like that, and obviously a reasonable amount of carbs. So they are not the most macro-friendly, but they do taste outrageous. So uh, really smooth, fudgy. Number two, the PhD Smart Bars, didn't they? They snuck in. So I think I went specifically to Dark Chocolate Raspberry because it is incredible. Now, big letdown on the peanut butter ones, though, because they're still really good. But like most peanut butter bars, they're just never peanut buttery enough. It's just peanut. So, like, you know, peanut nutter letdown. Number three, actually, have I got the wrong around? I think that was number three, wasn't it? Do you remember? Anyway, all right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Listeners don't care. I think the other one was a cinnamon um, cinnamon bar by 
something. I can't remember. I can't remember what, but I think it was a Synth 6 bar or something like that, or it might have been, because I was definitely toying up the Oh Yeah cinnamon roll bar, because obviously that's incredible. Oh, that's what it was. Muscle Farm. Muscle Farm. There you go. In my top three bars. Although, I'm just going to big shout out for the Kinetica Deluxe Protein. Very, very good. I love protein bars. You do love protein. You also <laughs> love this. <laughs> your burger top three. Oh, my burger God. Place. Five guys, five guys, and then five guys. There we go. Top Excellent. We can bars. move on. No, no, no. No, I'm not doing that. Uh, Blecker Street, number one. I'm going to say Patty and Bun, number two. And even though it was chicken, the chicken burger I had this week at a local independent was incredible. So that's going to be our number three. Shouts, uh, Roxon Station Smokehouse. Anyone from around my way, go, because it's brilliant. Anyway. Awesome. Right. Favourite exercise in the gym? Squats. Hate them, but love them. You just, you just get a massive feeling of accomplishment sometimes, so... Your most body part you would most like to improve? Carbs. Team no carbs over here. <laughs> yeah. Although, to be fair, like, I think, Ed, you talked about, I can't remember what one it was, either last episode or one before, but about belly fat. My, my, when I, I'd like to improve my fat distribution. So, mate, I don't know if you call that a body part, but I'd like to get rid of the love handles when I actually, because when I put on body fat, they tend to hang around my midriff, and, like a lot of people. That is It'll quite irritating. Mate, yeah, I, I can sure. sell you this uh, product which will change your genetics and help with your fat distribution and, Sweet. and spread it out a bit better if you want. It's like ninety nine ninety nine for one course. Take them every day for a month. And uh, yeah. Um, when is that? Where do I buy? Um, PM me. Slide into my DMs and I'll send them to you. Sweet. I'm all over that. And a standard, what is the best bit of nutritional nonsense? Could be something you heard this week. Yeah, well, I think the best bit of nutritional nonsense, although to be fair, we've all been there, so we're all dumbasses really, but it's just the whole fact that people still believe calories don't exist. Like, you know, we're talking about this guy that's on a ketogenic experiment of trying to overeat on fats and claims he will not put on any significant amount of weight when everyone knows it's just ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, I think the, the, the fact that calories don't matter and it's the quality of food is probably the most retarded bit of stuff. Bear in mind this, there, there's a, well, I'll say a billion, but you know, there's enough research out there which categorically proves that calories matter and exist in some way, shape or form. I think the biggest thing is it's just a bit more dynamic than people think. So, you know, it's not as simple as calories in versus carry out necessarily, because obviously you change one end, you change the other. And um, you just got to get your head around and understand it. And then it's a, some, all of a sudden becomes a bit more logical. The other good one is I don't believe in calories. Science doesn't give a shit about what you believe. <laughs> but, yeah. As I don't believe in centimetres. I don't believe in, like, in any form of measurement. It's like, seriously... You know, there's nothing, more dog, there's nothing more dogmatic than nutrition and emotion. It's fucking crazy. Makes me angry at some point. You are an angry man, though, Johnny. I'm quite, I'm quite relaxed in general. Just nutrition must just bring it out of me. <laughs> Passion. uh, passionate, that's why. Yeah. 
You are. I think out of the uh, enemy two, you're the nice one, aren't you? Yeah. Really. You're the nice one, really. You're the one who's always praising all the the, the people. Got to, got to, got to praise their uh, what they've done, because what they've done could be something we've done before, but they've never achieved it before. So I like to give props, as you Americans say, give props, you. <laughs> I wonder if we have <laughs> any Matt's had to say that. I couldn't hear you when there's two people speaking at once, and I was Sorry. all confused. Uh, I was saying, I wonder if we have any American listeners yet. Uh... I know. Right, I, can we do? Yeah, I know. I've got quite a few Americans on my Facebook, so if they've, they've seen my posts, or maybe, maybe, if you are American or if you're not British and you're listening, hit us up. Let us know. Tell us. Tell you what, if you're a rich American, fly us all over to America, and we'll speak at an, an exclusive event just for you. Done. I'll be up for that. Done. I'm up for that. Miami. Some are big time. We can wear silk shirts. Fine. <laughs> and gold chains. <laughs> you are, to be fair, mate, you were the original uh, founder of Gold Looking Chain, right? Yeah. yeah. Serious. Yeah. I'm the lyricist. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Right. Shall we uh, wrap this up then, I suppose? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Sunday night recording right. done. Cool. Well, um, thank you everyone for listening. If you got this far, all the uh, ways you can contact us, etc., uh, etc., et will be in the show notes. Um, <laughs> that's good. Read it. Read it out, Johnny. Read it out because obviously you've got to remember people are listening, not watching necessarily. Okay. Uh, this is a little mem meme, whatever you call it, of a lot of old blokes laughing their tits off. It looks like you're on a hell of a time. And it says, and then he said, when you count calories, your body can hear you and starts to work against you. <laughs> oh, my God, what a dick who said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, I think push the button. Yeah, yeah, I'm going. Bye. Go I think push the button. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.